in your Bibles this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. As you know, as a precursor to the book of Revelations, we're talking about understanding the end times. Amen. Amen. Talking about understanding the end times. Understanding the time that you're living in right now. There's a lot going on in the world today. You need to know where you stand and even better know where you're going. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So today, we're going to talk about the rapture of the church. Now, if you missed last Sunday, you need to get the CD because I'm not going over anything I went over last Sunday. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So we're talking about the rapture of the church. Understand, the Old Testament does not teach about the rapture of the church. But it does teach on the second coming of the Lord. Amen. And see, the reason the rapture was not taught in the Old Testament, as we talked about last Sunday, why? It's because it's, it's a part of the mystery. It's in that circle of the what? Mystery. You'll find the rapture is, you know, you'll find the rapture is not even taught in the Gospels. Come on. Now, we might find types and shadows of it, but there are no specific teachings of the rapture in the Gospels. Are you with me out there? See, to learn about the rapture of the church, we must study the New Testament epistles. Somebody say New Testament, New Testament. epistles. And see, there are actually two comings of the Lord, amen, yet to occur. Let me say it again. There are actually two comings of the Lord yet to occur. Amen. And see, with the church, we're, what we're looking for, we're looking forward to the rapture, which is part of the mystery and the end of the dispensation of grace, also known as the church age. And here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51, it says, Behold, I want, behold, I want, show you a what? Mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be what? Changed. In a moment, in, twinkling, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be what? Race incorruptible, and we shall be what? Change. Come on, say what? Change. Once again, there's going to be a time period in the earth called the tribulation. Somebody say tribulation. And seven years from the start of the tribulation, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ will occur. Let me say that again. I need you to get this now. Amen. If somebody asks you about this on the street, you should have an understanding of it, at least a little bit anyway. Amen. Once again, seven years from the start of the tribulation, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ will occur. The book of First and Second Thessalonians were written to the church in Thessalonica. Why? Because the believers at Thessalonica were confused about the rapture of the church, just like the believers today are confused about the rapture of the church. Amen. See, what happened was false teaching abounded, and many were presenting the rapture in a way that brought fear to the people. And different theories about the rapture were taught as fact. And there were many people in that day who believed they had missed the rapture and were living in the tribulation. We have people like that today. Think that they're living in the tribulation. You don't want to live in the tribulation. You'll know when you live in the tribulation. That means you missed the boat somewhere. Come on, say amen, somebody. 
Now, during the time 1 Thessalonians was written, many believed the rapture was very near. Because why? Because Nero was on the throne and Christians were being persecuted. Are you following me out there? Believers in that day understood that there would be a revival of the Roman Empire during the tribulation. And they believed that Nero was the Antichrist. And many believed the rapture was so near they quit their jobs. And they were just waiting for the event to come to pass. So Paul wrote 1 Thessalonians in order to correct the false teachings and wrong theories being spread concerning the rapture of the church. Are you following me out here? See, Paul thought, and see, Paul thought one letter would be sufficient to correct the wrong thinking of believers. But after he had written the first letter to the Thessalonians, someone wrote a false epistle attributing it to Paul. And the false epistle basically said, some of the things I, I taught you in the first epistle were wrong, and I've changed my mind. The rapture has already occurred, and we're living in tribulation. That's what that epistle said. And because of this false epistle, people were in fear. So Paul wrote 2 Thessalonians. Come on, I'm giving you a Bible lesson here. To inform the believers he had not changed his mind, and what he had written in 1 Thessalonians was true. So look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Are you following me now? Tell your neighbor, you better follow him this morning. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Notice what it says here. He says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our what? Gathering together unto him. Notice Paul is specifically referring to the rapture of the church because why? There will be no gathering together at the second coming. Let me say it again. There will be no gathering together at the second coming. See, the rapture is so important that he uses it as a rallying point for Christians. Now listen to me closely. At the rapture of the church, Jesus does not come physically to the earth. He only appears in the sky. Now at the second event, or what we call the second coming, he will literally come physically and touch the earth and he'll remain here. Let me say that one more time. At the rapture of the church, Jesus does not come physically to the earth. He only what? Appears in the sky. At the second event or the second coming, he will literally come physically, touch the earth, and he will remain here. Are you with me out here? See, at the rapture of the church, Jesus will appear and we will rise to meet him in the air. And that's going to be exciting, folks. Come on, I'm going to see you midair say, how y'all doing? Come on, say amen, somebody. See, every day we should wake up with an anticipation that this could be the day Jesus appears. Oh, come on, say amen. But at the same time, we should have a realization that he may not appear today. Therefore, we need to stay busy being a witness in the earth today. Amen? But think about it. Is someone credible? came and said, hey, Jesus appeared to me today, and he told me to tell y'all he's coming back Monday. And they were credible. Somebody say they were credible. 
would most of us do? Most of us probably rush to call all of our friends, <laughs> call all our relatives to try to get them born again. We don't want them to miss the boat because we definitely don't want them to be here and experience that tribulation that's coming. Come on, say amen, somebody. I mean, Facebook and Twitter would be flooded. <laughs> amen. But see, the point I'm making is Jesus could come at any moment. He could come today. Come on, he could come in the next 30 minutes. And see, the rapture should be the greatest inspiration for us to get out and tell somebody about Jesus. I didn't get another big amen out there. The rapture should be the greatest inspiration for us to go out and tell somebody about Jesus. Why? If we really care about them, we don't want them to be here when we're gone. Okay, amen. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 again. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the what? By the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> and by our gathering together unto him. Now look at verse 8. And then shall that what? Wicked be what? Revealed. Whom the Lord shall what? Consume with the spirit of his mouth. And shall destroy with the brightness of his what? Coming. Now notice in verse 1 it says by the coming. And then in verse 2, I mean verse 8, it says the coming and in his coming. Amen. So there's a coming in verse 1 and a coming in verse 8. Let me say it again. There's a coming in verse 1 and there's a what? Coming in verse 8. Now at the coming in verse 1, it says the church is gathered to him. Ain't that what it says? By our gathering together unto him. So in verse 1, the coming what? Is the church what? Gathering where? Gathering where? Unto him. But the coming in verse 8, it says, Jesus will destroy the Antichrist by the brightness of his coming. So in verse 1, we have the rapture of the church. And in verse 8, we have the second coming. Come on, do you see it? And listen, and in verse 2 through 8 or 2 through 7, we have all the events that occur between the two comings. Look at verse 1 again, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, chapter 2, verse 1. Now keep in mind why he's writing this epistle, right? To bring correction and what? And to calm them down. Verse 1 once again says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our what? Bad then together unto him, look at verse 2, that you be not soon what? Shaken in what? Mind or be what? Troubled neither by what? Spirit nor by word nor by letter as, as from us as that day of Christ is at hand. See, Paul's simply saying there's a mindset that seems to have spread throughout the church that you're living in the tribulation. He's saying, do not be moved by the different winds of doctrine that are circulation. Come on, say amen, somebody. Also, people are distorting the word of God to support the theory that tribulation has come. Paul continues, says, I don't care if there's a letter contradicting my first letter. It is wrong. Don't let anyone shake you up. Don't let anyone convince you that the tribulation has arrived because it has not. That's why he said what? Don't be soon shaken in what? Mind. 
And think about it. Every major war arises. When every major war arises, people begin to shout, we're in tribulation. When Hitler rose to power, many said he was Antichrist. Come on. When Mussolini rose to power, they said he was the Antichrist. Why? Because they said he was from Rome. And Rome is the revived Roman Empire. Therefore, he must be the Antichrist. And not too long ago, I don't know if you remember, people were saying that the Russian leader Gorbachev was the Antichrist because he had a birthmark on his head. Anybody remember that? Come on, say amen, somebody. See, in our generation and throughout the centuries, people try to take circumstances and make them fit the word of God. Which instead, the word of God should, by, should, the, word of God should be the standard by which circumstances are judged. Amen? And see, understand this. Listen to me now. The Antichrist will be Jewish. Let me say it again. The Antichrist will be Jewish. Think about it. Why would the Jews accept him as their Messiah if he was not a Jew? Look at 1 John 2.18. 1 John 2.18. He says, little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that what? Antichrist shall come. But notice he says here, even now. Even what? Now there are many what? Antichrist whereby we know it is the last time. See, until the, until the Antichrist is revealed, there will be many false prophets operating in the demon spirit of Antichrist. Tell your neighbor there's a difference. See, Hitler and Mussolini were Antichrist, but they were not the Antichrist. Come on, Hitler had to have been demon to possess. <laughs> But when the, when the true Antichrist is revealed in the earth, he will be possessed by Satan himself. Are you with me out here? Not only will Satan possess this man, he will operate through this man with mighty signs and wonders, but there will be lying signs and wonders. Well, let's prove it out. Go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. Come on, we are a Bible church here. We go through the B-I-B what? L-E. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. It says, And then shall that wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall what? Consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his what? Coming. Even him whose coming is what? After the working of who? Satan with all what? Power, signs, and what? Lying wonders. He will be totally possessed by Satan. Come on, demonstrating signs, wonders, and, and, and miracles. Come on, are you with me out here? Now, go back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. So the Antichrist, he will do supernatural things, and he's going to deceive many people. Go back to verse 3, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Once again, he says, let no man, what, deceive you. By what? Any means, because a lot of people are going to be deceived. But he said, let no man what deceive you by any means for that day. Somebody say that day. 
He said, that day shall come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of what? Perdition. Now, Paul was saying, don't let any man deceive you in any way, whether by spirit or by word or letter as it is from us. Now, when he says here, the reference to that day, somebody say that day. The reference to that day in this verse is reference to the tribulation. Somebody say tribulation. And see, many people look at this verse and they say, Jesus can't come until there's a great falling away first. They believe there are many that are going to turn away from him first, turn away from the gospel, not be saved. Come on, turn away from Jesus, all right? And because of the apathy in the earth, he's, not, he's, he's going to return because these people are just all going crazy and they're turning from him. So they think that's the falling away. The problem people encounter with this verse is the phrase falling away. Somebody say falling away. Come on, say falling away. The Greek word for this phrase is not a verb. It is a noun. I'm going to give you a little English lesson right now. The Greek word for this phrase is not a verb. It is a what? Noun. The Greek word is, is apotasia, apotasia, which we get the word, Greek English word, apostasy from. Are you with me out here? So the Greek word is apo what? Apotasia, and where we get our English word what? Apostasy. Now, throughout the New Testament, when the Greek word apotasia is used, it has a negative connotation. For instance, look at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. Has a what? Negative connotation. Hebrews 3.12, it says, Take heed, brother, lest there be what? Take heed, brother, lest there be in any of you an evil what? Heart of unbelief. And what? And departing from the living God. The word departing here is the verb, is the verb form of apostasia. Apostasia. Amen? And it's used negatively. Somebody say negatively. However, when the word apostasia stands alone, it's neither positive nor negative. Its connotation is dependent upon its association with the words in a sentence. Let me say it again. When the word apostasia stands alone, it's neither positive or negative. Its connotation is dependent upon its association with the, with the words in a sentence. Go back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. He says, let no man, what, deceive you by any means for that day, talking about the tribulation, shall not come. Except there come a what? Come a what? falling away first and that man of sin be what revealed the son of what perdition now this was translated by the King James Version writers according to all the other negative uses of the word in this instance the word apostasia is in a noun form amen and it does not mean falling away it actually means departure let me say it again what's it mean what's it mean 
What's it mean? Now, putting it back into context, are you following me here? Putting it back into context, this verse could actually be translated, don't be fooled by any means. For the tribulation cannot come until the departure occurs first. Come on, you better grab hold of that. Come on. See, departure is speaking of the what? Rapture of the church. Now, Kenneth Weiss expanded translation of the New Testament brings out this tent, brings out the tense, it brings out the mood, it brings out the voice of the original Greek. His translation of this verse says, the day cannot come. The day cannot come until the aforementioned departure of the church occur first. Come on. The aforementioned departure of the church was mentioned in verse 1 by his coming and our gathering together unto him. Don't you read? Let me read that. Look at it again. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the what? 2 Thessalonians 2, 1. By the what? Coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. By our what? Gathering together unto him. Are you with me out there? Now, verse 3 and 8 could be combined together and be translated this way. For the day cannot come until the departure occur first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, and then that wicked will be revealed. And then that wicked will what? Will be revealed. Bottom line is this. The Antichrist cannot be revealed until we're gone. So anybody telling you that he's the Antichrist, he's the Antichrist, he's the Antichrist, he's the Antichrist, he cannot be revealed until we're gone. Are we still here? Amen. 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 Come on. He cannot even be revealed until the what? The church is gone. Now go back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 again. Once again, he says, verse 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there what? Come a falling away first. Who's, who are we talking about? The church. And that man of sin be what? Revealed the son of perdition. Who opposes and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worship. So that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, verse 4, somebody say verse 4. Verse 4 actually occurs in the middle of the tribulation. After three and a half years, the Antichrist will actually walk into the temple, sit in the place that the Messiah, the Christ, is supposed to sit, and he will declare himself to be God. And to do that, think about it, to do that, he would have to be Jewish. You got it. Now, look at verse 5. What he's going to do, he's going to force people to worship him. And verse 5 says, remember you not that when I was yet with you, what? I told you these things. He said, I wrote a letter to you before. 
<laughs> Amen. I told you these things. Paul simply said, what I told you in 1 Thessalonians still stands. I haven't changed my mind. Verse 6. And now you know what withholdeth that he might but be revealed in his time. What's Paul doing? Paul continues to say, you know what it is. He's saying, you know what is withholding him. Or you can say, you know what's hindering him from being revealed. It's you, the church. Somebody says, you, the church. Verse 7, for the mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be what? Till he be what? Taken out of the way. We see the word mystery again, right? Listen, just as there was a transition between Jesus and the church, there's a transition between the church and the tribulation. Amen? And see, we see right now, even today, we see seeds of Antichrist in the earth today. Come on, we see seeds of rebellion in the earth today. And those seeds are the mystery of iniquity that's already work. Are you following me out here? Now here in verse 7, it says, He who letteth will let. Until he be what? Until he be what? Until he be what? Taken out of the way. Or we can say he who hinders. Come on. The question is, who is the he who hinders? Who is the he who hinders? I heard God. I heard the Holy Spirit. Because many have said it's the Holy Spirit who is hindering. And that's partially true. See, the church is hindering, and the Holy Spirit is in the church. The Holy Spirit in the church causes the believers to be so powerful that the Antichrist cannot be revealed. But some teach that the Holy Spirit is one who's hindering, and he will hinder it until he's taken out of the way. Now, the problem with this teaching is the Holy Spirit will never be taken away. Somebody say, never. You'll see the Holy Spirit at work when we look when we study the book of Revelation. You'll see the Holy Spirit at work throughout the tribulation period. Come on, in that book. Amen. Now it's true that the Holy Spirit lives in the church, but his presence is also in the world. So when the church is taken to heaven, the Holy Spirit will remain. Are you following me out here? Why? There'll be many saved during the tribulation period. Many people, thousands and thousands upon thousands, tens of thousands of people will be saved during the tribulation period. There will be signs and wonders and miracles in the tribulation period. Matter of fact, if you read the book of Revelation, some of you tried. <laughs> Two witnesses will come to the earth empowered by the who? Holy Spirit. And they will perform signs, wonders, and miracles. Listen, there will never be a time when the Holy Spirit is removed from this earth. Somebody say never. never. So the one, the he who hinders is who? The church. The one who hinders is who? The church. But somebody, some, some, somebody might immediately ask, well, yes, pastor, but isn't the church a she and not a he? The answer is no. The church is not 